Thanks for tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Well, welcome. Glad that you chose to be with us today. My name is Mike, one of the pastors here, and we are so impressed with the goodness of people, ordinary people doing the extraordinary and good things. Like even among our congregation, Sharon, who felt God calling her to reach out to older folks to write letters and send cards shining out the love of Jesus in a very practical way. And actually, she's starting a whole new ministry, reaching out a senior outreach ministry. And we're excited about that. Like our loomers. Any of you make those looming hats of theirs? Yeah, our loomers have knitted over a thousand beanies for the less fortunate, shining out the practical love of the Lord. Many of you uh, donated thousands of dollars for our camp aid fund. And next week we are sending our kids to camp. These kids, many of them would not have gone if you had not given. Some of you know my own story. When I was in high school, our family couldn't afford to send up to Hume Lake. It was a lot, lot, lot cheaper then. (laughs) But we still couldn't afford it. And there's no way I would have been able to go up to that amazing Christian camp had people not donated. And it was a life-changing experience for me. And those of you who gave the bright light of your gift will have an eternal impact. Or like our amazing children's and youth ministry workers who shine out Jesus with their time as they are intentional and relational and missional with kids and students. Or like many of you who've given blood uh, for the, within each of us is that life-giving Uh, light of life in our own blood and that we saw the value of that sharing it with others so that they could live. You see, we, we humans were created to connect and interact with others, to help out, to participate, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be the light of Jesus, being intentional, being relational, being missional and reaching out to others to have and fulfill those one another's that are in scripture and Bible in the Bible. There are so many of them. There are actually 59 one another statements, one another verses in the Bible. Love one another as John 13, 34 says, be devoted to one another as Romans 12, 10 says, be accept one another as Romans 15, seven says, serve one another as Galatians 5, 13 says, be compassionate to one another as Ephesians 4, 23 or 4, 32 says, bear one another's burdens as Galatians 6, 2 says, live in harmony with one another. And I'm not, don't worry, I'm not gonna go through all 59. But, but, but we were designed to shine out all the love and blessing uh, that lives in us as followers of Jesus with others. Jesus used the illustration of light and in the lamp to create uh, uh, an everyday reminder that we are to let our light shine. And in Matthew chapter five, verses 14 to 16, Jesus uses this illustration, giving us three encouragements in taking on the mission that God has called us to, the mission of sharing the life-giving and life-changing message of Jesus. For we see when we step out on God's mission to love, people see Jesus and are drawn to him and they thrive. These encouragements are in that challenge that Jesus gave, gave to say, let your light shine. And so let's look into this challenge in Matthew chapter five, 
and let our light shine on with that mission, that neighborhood mission that God has called us to. So if you wouldn't mind, before we get into this, stand to your feet, let's pray and ask God to challenge us this morning. I do believe there's something for each one of us uh, here today, whether it's through the message of the music or the time together, even the time at lunch, there's a great opportunity for us to be challenged and encouraged to let our light shine. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you for bringing us here this morning and those online. Lord, thank you that you've called us to not just be and sit and do nothing, but you've called us to a mission. You've called us to reach out with the, the tremendous love and light of Jesus. And so, God, I pray today you would encourage us, you would challenge us, you would be with us as we walk through this this morning so that we can follow you and, and, and know how you would like us to live this mission. So bless us, we pray, and use this time, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. encourage you to have a seat. Now, take out the worship folder that uh, both uh, Haley and uh, Lorena talked about. There's a place to take some notes there. The answers will be up on the screen. There's uh, also, you can receive these online if you're online with us. And there's a study guide that you can get as well that talks about all the things, gives you all the different verses that we share as we walk through today and talk about our time. Because our hope is that you would look back on these and be encouraged even more. That's why we have them all listed on our website under the revive section that's there. Also, we there's a link to our podcast, which we do most each week to encourage you and to give you a little bit more and encourage you to tune into that. You'll enjoy that. Well, as best as, as archaeology can allow us, we believe lamps in the time of Jesus look something like this. Now, this is a replica of one. This is supposedly, when I got this in Israel one time, this is an original from the time of Jesus. Ooh, maybe not. Um, but it, at least it makes me feel better. Uh, but, but these lamps were, were put in a home and they were uh, set to, um, do that. let me see if my little fun little lighter works. I won't keep this going for very long. Wait, oh, wait a second. Of course, now it's not working. Hello. There it is. Ooh. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it. And that's the idea was that Jesus wanted to use an illustration that everybody would understand these lamps and others like it were the only source of light in the darkness of night. Everybody knew the importance of a lamp because when it got dark, there was no uh, a light you could flip on or switch. You could flip the flames getting bigger. I'm concerned. And the smoke is a little bit much. Where are the smoke alarms? Just in case. But we're to let that light shine and to be able to, 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 to push away the darkness because there was no lights to flip on. There was no power to go and to do that. This was the only source of light in the house and they used many of them. So many of them knew the importance of light and everybody valued light. Light led, light guides, light creates comfort, light gives heat. Even firelight cooks. And Jesus is called the light of the world. John 8, 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That light of life is what we have been talking about over these last couple of weeks. If you've been with us, we've walked through this series of the epistles of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, that we're to walk in the light of Jesus, to walk in light his way for true life, real life, the life we were meant to live, uh, that abundant, that thriving life is found in Jesus. Now, it first starts with that initial step of faith. 
Because we're understanding, and the Bible teaches that, that though God has a tremendous and amazing and incredible life for us, something stands in the way. We are blocked from receiving that and blocked from truly living that. What that block is, is sin. It holds us back. The Bible's really clear about it. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And there's nothing we can do to remove this block any, in any human way. We can't somehow cancel it out, blow it apart, uh, chisel it away. There's nothing humanly deals with that. We need a savior. And that's what Jesus is. He is our savior. He's the one who, when he died on the cross, paid the penalty for our sin. And when we come to the place where we believe that we're sinful and need a savior, and it's Jesus, that block is removed. And now we can walk in the light of Jesus, living life his way with him as leader and Lord, and the greatest influence of our life. And in that, life aligns. Remember, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The kingdom of God is Jesus on the throne of our life, to see him as king, as Lord, as savior, as the number one in our life, that we align life to, live life his way. That's what his righteousness means. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Matthew 6.33 says. That righteousness is life his way. And then it says all the things that we worry about, because that whole passage in Matthew chapter 6 is talking about how we worry about life. And it says it'll all align when you put Jesus in that central place. That's walking in the light of Christ. It's having him, that, that, that alignment of life. That light lives in each one of us who've come to faith. And so Jesus says now, share it. You have your Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. It's also up on the screen. It will be up on the screen later on, but here we go. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, or, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Here Jesus gives us these three encouragements in taking on the mission to share the light of Jesus, all found in that phrase, let your light shine. For when we step out on God's mission of love, people see Jesus and are drawn to him and find life, that abundant life that we were designed for. The first of these three encouragements is to the word let. In other words, to be intentional. Look at Matthew 14 and 15 again. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand that gives life to all the house. You wouldn't take the lamp. That, 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 just pretend it's burning. Use your imagination. And you wouldn't hide it. You'd put it on top so that all could see that it would light the full room. In the same way, you have the light of Christ in you. Don't hide it. Don't somehow seclude yourself away from people, but get involved. Be interactive, whether you're an introvert or not. Be involved with others and, and, and interact and be intentional about it. Just like the blood that moves through our body gives us life. When we come to faith in Jesus, we have the blood of Christ in us, giving every aspect of our lives true life. And we're to let it shine to be intentional, to get out there and shine the light, to go. Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20, Jesus says, go therefore 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Now that word go means as you go. It means as you take uh, uh, steps, intentional steps to go out, to not just sit and wait, but actually to move out. And as you go through life, to make the effort to get out there, to go and see the opportunities that are out there, to go and to tell people about the great hope that you have in you, how you have met Jesus and how he's made a difference in your life. Go and tell people about that. Mark 16, 15, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. We're to go and tell people about the hope that we found. Write down the verse, 1 Peter 3, 15. It says to to be able to uh, be ready to give a defense to to what the hope that you have in you, how you came to faith in Jesus. For me, it was was in my room, August 22nd, 1972. I was there and uh, my friend came into my house and and, and he he shared with me Jesus and about how I'm sinful and need a savior. And it's Jesus. And I came and I prayed that prayer at the end of that little booklet. And it made all the difference in the world to me. And that hope has grown ever since then. But to be ready to go and to, as you go and to get out there, to be intentional. As Acts 1.8 says, you will receive power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you. When you've come to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes as your personal life coach. And he's there with you to, as you receive power, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. He's talking about the early believers there, but Jerusalem is where they were. In other words, we're to share our life message with those around us our friends, our neighbors, our people at work, when there, when there are opportunities there, not to push our way through there and to be obnoxious about that. Because as the first Peter 3.15 verse says, it says we're to be ready to have a defense for the hope that's in us, but to say it with gentleness and respect. Not to cram it down somebody's throat, but to just witness to what God has done in our own lives. And believe me, when you live among people and you begin to act like Christ and, and, and live out the, the, the light that's in you, people ask questions, why are you doing that? Why do you care that much? And you give that opportunity then to share with them the hope that is in you. Judea and Samaria were uncomfortable areas to go into because sometimes God asks us to go into uncomfortable areas to be able to share and shine Jesus. But the idea is to go. Isaiah, when he was hearing that God wanted to use him as a mouthpiece, said this in Isaiah 6, 8, I've heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and whom will go for us? Who will go and be that mouthpiece? And Isaiah responds, then I said, here am I, send me. A lot of times we use this as a missionary verse to go into other most parts of the world, but yet it's to go in the world around us that we're to be sent as an intentional and have that same heart as Isaiah and say, here am I, Lord, send me to wherever you want me to. And God's already sent you to your home, to your neighborhood, to your city, to your workplace, to the places that you hang around. And we need not to be worried because as Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You're not going alone. God is with you. <clears throat> so be bold and brave. The God of heaven is with you. In all these, there is an emphatic, forceful, intentional call to get out there. The world needs to see the light of Jesus. And he's chosen each one of us to be those single points of light wherever we are. 
Don't wait to be asked. God's already said it. But ask the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, to give you that inkling and go for it. Sure, be wise and pray. Seek counsel. But go. Go volunteer at church. Help out in your community. Do something nice for your neighbors. Invite others to church. Be kind. Be generous. Be helpful. And that may take some practice. Because honestly, the person next to you is kind of selfish. And so are you. It's easy for us. It's it's our natural bent. But we need to let the light of Christ shine out in us. We tend to be that selfish place in that selfish place, only doing what shines light on us, not Jesus. Yet for when we step out on God's mission of love, people see Jesus and and are drawn to him and they thrive in life. So we are to be intentional to let our light shine. The next encouragement is to let your light shine, to be relational. Look at Matthew 5, 16, the first part of that. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Your light is your faith, your belief in Jesus as Lord and leader and highest influence of our life. And our calling, our mission is to live out our faith. Many years ago, when I was a youth pastor, every uh, spring break, we would take groups of students uh, down to Mexico, really over to Mexicali. And we'd live in this compound that we had created. And then we'd go out and we'd do uh, Bible day camp type of stuff for kids during the day. We'd show some uh, movies in Spanish, Christian movies in Spanish. We'd have hot dog feeds and all kinds of different things to be able to share and show the love of Jesus. We'd go into different homes and talk to people. We created a really great community feel. And, and when the students would sign up for this, they knew their mission. They knew their mission was to come and to get, to get right with Christ and, and grow in him and then to share that love with other people. Well, not everybody kind of caught that vision. Uh, some had a real time, real tough time. And I remember one particular guy who was really struggling with this. And it seemed like every day he was staying in the compound to kind of clean up the compound. I'll stay and I'll, I'll clean up around here. And finally, I, I said, I, I got next to him and said, hey, what's up, buddy? You know, you, you don't seem to go, be going out on any of the missions type stuff. He goes, well, I really don't want to, um, I really don't like talking to people who don't know Jesus yet. I only want to talk to people who know Jesus. And I go, well, you know what this, the mission of our trip is, right? Yeah, to tell people about Jesus. And, and he, he was struggling. Uh, and I said, well, why did you come on this mission? And he said, very honestly, he goes, well, actually, I just kind of thought it looked good. And there are a few girls I liked on the trip. Well, we talked about that uh, throughout the week. And by the end of the week, he was finally getting it. You see, um, his selfishness clouded and covered the light that was in him. When Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 40, when he was answering the question, what is the greatest and the foremost commandment? He said that it's twofold. And actually all of the Bible can be summed up in this phrase to love God and to love others. And they work together. And as we take in and interact with God uh, to love him and to follow him and to, 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 to grow that relationship with him, we have the capacity to love others. 
They go together. So we're to grow in our love for God and then to interact with others. And sure, it's uncomfortable. And for some, it's easier. But we are all to let our faith shine. Yes, doing all the one another's in Scripture. But as Hebrews 13, 6 says, do not neglect to do good and share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. You see, we're to look to ways to be interactive and relational with other people and do good. To listen intently of how we might be able to help somebody. To not neglect doing good. And then Philippians 2.4, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Boy, we live in a culture today that is so much about making that right post or that right uh, uh, interaction online or even with other people that presenting always a, an image. And we're not thinking about interacting with people. We're thinking more in monologues of ourselves. And we need to be able to be interactive, to not just look at ourselves, but to look at other people, to ask a lot of questions and to be interactive, to hear other people's story Proverbs 3.27 says, do not withhold good from those whom it is due when, is it, when it is in your power to do it. That we're to take the opportunity and when we can, when it's within our power and availability to be able to help another person, to not shut off that real natural thing that we have in us if we have the light of Christ to help people. How could you share your light of faith with another? in that very practical, doing good, relational kind of way. For when we step out on God's mission to love, people see Jesus and are drawn and truly live and thrive in life. The third encouragement in taking on this mission to share the light of Jesus is to shine. Let your light shine, to be missional. Look at the last part of Matthew 5, 16, let me read the whole verse again. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Not that we brag about how awesome we are that we are serving, but that we go with intention and show the light of, of our faith relationally and then take on God's mission to do those good works that he calls us to do. This world needs us. This world needs you. Your family needs you. Your friends need you. Your neighbors need you. Your workplace needs you. Your city needs you. Your local schools need you. Your senior centers need you. Uh, organizations need you. They need some good works from us. Your hands of help, your smile, your kind words, your ideas, your abilities, your time all given to you by God to do good work. So let's get out there and shine the light. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You have been equipped. You have been equipped. And God's desire is we should shine out his light. That's our mission. So be missional. Like missionaries that, that go into the world to do good, not focused on self, but to see our purpose to bring the light of good works to our community, 
And we're already equipped for that. Scripture tells us that God has prepared us for these. So how could we shine out Jesus? We do need to listen to the Holy Spirit, our coach that's given to us about how we can organize our time and our availability of energy and efforts and resources to be able to do the good that he's called us to do. And he has called us to do good. We just need to figure it out. For when we step out on God's mission to love people, to see people see Jesus and we're drawn to him. And when they're drawn to him, they begin to live life to its fullest. God has a calling on us individually and as a church. And this year we know it's to let our light shine, to be more intentional, more relational, more missional about our calling to share and show the love of Jesus. And so we're going to have a, a greater focus this year on in, in intentional uh, engagement in our local community, our our budget that we're going to vote on in a moment uh, reflects that. We're even bringing on a new pastor of, of outreach and connection to help us and give us a, a catalyst to help us in that because we believe God will bring in and build up and send out people to share and to show the love of Jesus. We're glad that you are part of this. Whether you're a guest with us or whether you've been here a long time, we're excited for this faith adventure this year and we're glad that you're part of it. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for the incredible church that you've assembled here at Neighborhood Church. Lord, it's, it's been encouraging over these, my time here, these last 20 years or about, to see you work in such tremendous ways. Lord, you've used this place to see people come to faith and grow in faith and be sent out as missionaries and as pastors and as leaders and churches all over this country and all over this world. And Lord, thank you that you've called us, each one of us, to let our light shine. God, would you help us in that? Holy Spirit, guide us and direct us. That's so easy to get caught up in ourselves, even if we're talking about how different struggles there are in life and we feel not equipped, Lord, we know that we are. And even in the midst of our struggles, God, we can shine the light, shine your light and let it out. Lord, help us to do that, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.